We are in a series called Signs. Now, we've been on a detour, obviously, for the last uh, few weeks, but I, I want to kick back into Signs with week six, and then I will finish it up week seven next week. Remember that a sign, we're looking at the uh, seven miraculous signs, seven miraculous miracles of Jesus in the book of John. John called them signs. He didn't use the word miracle. He used the word signs. And we have defined now over and over again that a sign is a miracle with an instruction. So these miracles, these signs should not only amaze us, but should instruct us. There's a lesson to be learned so that we don't just look at the miracles of Jesus and go, wow, that's cool. But we actually learn from them so that we can access, access them in our own life. So I want to show you this um, sixth one in John chapter 9. We're going to read uh, 1 through 7, then I'm going to read 16, then I'm going to read 25. The story's very long, so I'm just going to give you some of the cliff notes, some of the highlights, okay? John chapter 9, verse 1, And Jesus was walking along. He saw a man who had been uh, blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of the sins of his parents or his own sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus spits on the ground. I don't encourage anyone to do this. Uh, some things Jesus should do. <laughs> Made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. And now there was some tradition in, in this, involved in this, um, during this time, they did believe that there was something uh, in the DNA and something even supernatural about the saliva. And so Jesus uses this as a point of faith for the whole crowd to see. And if you could imagine this, Jesus literally, he, he takes this, he makes this mud, and he literally places his DNA, his, who he is, on this man's eyes. And there is this transfer of healing. Now, again, this is not a normal practice. Jesus didn't do this a lot. And uh, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do this. But it was a picture of God's deity and man's humanity meeting in this moment. And there's a healing that takes place. Now, we're going to go to verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. And they, they literally said that making the mud was work. <laughs> but, how could an but others said, how can an ordinary man do such miraculous signs? So there was a, this is a really important thing to my talk today, a deep division of opinion among them. Notice, the man's vision brought a deep division. All right, I'm tempted to preach, but I'm going to keep moving. Now they begin to question the man, who healed you and how did he heal you and 
what did he say and what did he do? All, all of these questions start coming to the man who was healed. And, and the man basically goes, guys, I, I don't have a lot of details for you, but I know this. This is verse 25. But I know this. I was blind and now I can see. I was blind, but now I can see. Wow. I love this story so much. And I want to talk just for a, a, a few moments from this idea. God's glory, my good. God's glory, my good. I believe the plan of God for our lives is his glory and our good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these moments that we have together. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak now clearly, powerfully by your word. I pray that every person hearing this message right now would be deeply impacted, challenged, and changed by your word. We pray, let these moments we share glorify you and be good for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God's glory and my good. Well, I want to use that sermon title literally for my first point because I believe that this should be a picture, a model of our testimony. It should be what we are able to say about our relationship with God, that our life brings God glory and God's work in our life has led to good. And so that literally is point one, God's glory and my good. I want you to know that today, that the life of the believer, this can be your testimony. Not just I go to church for an hour on Sunday. Not just um, every once in a while I crack open a Bible. Not just every once in a while I pray when I'm really in trouble. No, we can live a life where we say, this is for God's glory. I'm living for God's glory. And man, this relationship with God has led to my good. I'm better because of my relationship with God. I, I think bigger because of my relationship with God. My faith is stronger. My heart is, is larger. There, there's an expanded vision that I have because of my relationship with God. This is God's plan for your life. Remember Jesus said it like this. The thief comes, this is John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Man, this can be our testimony. This should be our story. You know, a lot of times, though, I think people get stuck asking all the wrong questions. Think about this for a second. They see a blind man, and here's the question of the disciples. So who sinned? Did the parents sin? Did, did the man sin? Which is just a, a dumb thought, because he was born blind. But they have this way of thinking, who can we blame? Whose fault is it? They're really asking all the wrong questions. Someone uh, once famously said, there, there are no wrong questions, there are no dumb questions. No, there actually are. Because if you ask the wrong questions, you're, you're going to get the wrong results. They, they, they were obsessing over the wrong thing. Whose fault? Who's to blame? Um, why is this man blind? Who, who deserves this? Is it, is it on the parents? Is it on him? And Jesus said this did not happen because of the parent's sin or because of his sin. This did not happen because of any specific sin. No, this is so the power of God can be revealed. This is going to lead to this man's healing right now. You're, you're, you're asking all the wrong things. 
My glory is about to be revealed. My power is about to be revealed. Stop asking the wrong questions. Stop, stop trying to understand things that are honestly above your pay grade. I, I think we can honestly live our whole life kind of stuck in why, why, why. And a lot of times we're just not gonna get answers to all of that on this side of heaven. So maybe here's a better question. Maybe a better question would be something like, how can I glorify God in this season? Maybe not always asking why am I here, but how can I glorify God in this season? Maybe I should ask a question like, what can I learn in this season? Maybe I should ask questions like, what is God teaching me in this season? Maybe we should be asking ourselves questions like, who can I help and who can I encourage in this season? It can be very easy to get very self-focused and why, 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 instead of who can I help and what is God doing? What is God speaking and how can I honor him and glorify him in this season? That's what's important. See, I, I want to submit to you that we can bring every circumstance to Jesus, every season to Jesus, every major decision to Jesus, that in the good and the bad, we can bring our lives to the Lord and not only glorify him in that, but be better because of that. Again, we can, we can, we can get lost in the why instead of honoring God in the season and in the moment. You, you got you to understand this. A lot of times when Christians are in a challenging season, they get mad at God. And a lot of times when they're in a good season, they forget about God. And either way, they've missed the whole moment. What if we turn that around? What if, what if we became learners, disciples, students of God? What if we learned how to glorify God in challenge? And what if we learned how to glorify God in abundance? What if we learned how to glorify God in the valley and learn how to glorify God on the mountaintop? The reality is there's going to be some really amazing seasons of our life and there's going to be some seasons that are going to be more challenging. But in all of it, what if we brought every season back to Jesus? That's where we need to live. That's where we need to stay. That's where, that's where we need to be close. So the Bible said in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said that, that the enemy is going to come with, with trial and tribulation to try to uproot the seed of God's word from our life. And so in challenging moments, you've got to understand that, that the devil in that moment is going to do everything he can to separate you from Jesus. This is not a time to walk away from God, not a time to get mad at God, not a time to, to get lost in the whys of life, but it is a time to dig deep and hold on to God. But the scripture also tells us that in good times, we can forget the Lord. It's actually found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. God tells the children of Israel, I'm about to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to help you. But when that happens, do not forget me. Do not forget the Lord. For it is God, it is the Lord who gives us power to get wealth. He's literally saying, 
I'm about to bring you into a promise. I'm about to bring you into a good season. I'm about to do something wonderful in your life. Don't forget about me. So either way, maybe you're watching this right now going, man, everything is good. I want to say, go after God. I want to talk to someone who's going, man, I feel like everything's crumbling around me. Go after God. Don't disconnect. Don't forget. Don't walk away from Jesus in the season you find yourself in. No matter the season, hold on. No matter the season, dig deep. No matter the season, don't give up on your relationship with God. Go in like you've never gone in. I want to encourage someone with this. Romans 8.28 says that God is working all things together for my good. All things together. He's working them together for my good. It doesn't mean that he causes all things, but it does mean that he will work all things. I'm not saying that everything that we're going through right now in our life is a God thing. What I am saying is that we can glorify him in it. We can hold on to him in it. We can, we can grow our faith in it. And in all things, he can work that thing out for my good. You know, I, this is my testimony. I, I can look back on challenging seasons. It, it's not that it was God. It's not that it was always me. And it's not that it was always the devil. But in challenging seasons, I would go after the Lord in prayer and fasting and repentance and and just saying, God, I don't want to be discouraged in this moment. I'm not going to give up in this moment. I'm not going to let the, the pain of this moment um, discourage me to the point that I stop seeking you. And I would, I, would, I would double down on my commitment to the Lord. And I would come out of that, watch this, glorifying God and at a different level spiritually. I'm talking about glorifying God and it being for our good. This is where God wants to take us. So no matter the season you find yourself in, don't be discouraged. Don't be distracted. God wants to use this moment, watch this, for your good. For your good. Here's what Genesis 50, verse 20 says. The amazing man named Joseph, he, he declares that you meant this for my evil. You meant this for my destruction, but God, but God, but God is using this and has used this for my good and for the saving of many. No matter what the enemy has thrown your way, God is working this for your good and for his glory in Jesus' name. Never forget it. Number two, vision brings division. <laughs> Many times, vision brings division. Here's what's amazing about this. Jesus heals this man. And here's what it leads to in the crowd. You have the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You have just normal people that were there. You have, in other words, you have some of the religious elite. You have just some uh, people. There, was just, there were many different people there with many different outlooks on life. And when Jesus heals the man, John tells us that it led, verse 16, to a deep division. A deep division. 
How crazy is that? Not praise, not shouts of worship, not wow, we're so happy for you, not wow, praise God, <laughs> not oh man, we're so excited about this new season in your life. No. The vision, Jesus restores his vision, and the vision brings division. People weren't happy. People, people were still asking the wrong questions. You think about that? This is, just a, this is just a lesson in wrong questions. First, they're trying to blame. Why is the man blind? Then when he gets healed, well, well why did he heal him now? And, when, and, and, and how did he heal him? And they're, they're, just, they're all messed up with all the wrong questions. Many were unhappy with his new vision. Wow. And, and some of you are facing that right now. You're, you're beginning this new walk. Cheers, by the way. Need a little, little water in this dry desert. Um, he's, he, you're, you're in this new walk. You're excited about this new life in Christ. But people can't seem to celebrate it, and you're confused. And you're wondering, why are people mad at me about this? Why, why are people so frustrated about this? Never forget this. Our new life in Christ, on a Sunday, it feels like hope. And it feels like love. And it feels like faith. And it, and it feels like all things are possible. But this new life in Christ on Monday, it feels like change. It feels like transition. It, it feels, in the, in the worst way, new. So it's like, man, I'm giving my life to Christ. Man, God's giving me a vision for my life. Man, I'm so excited. Man, I got, I got a new life. I got some new values. I got some new patterns. I got some new ideas. I got some new thoughts. Um, I got some new beliefs, and, and all of that is awesome until people don't understand it. And what feels so clear to you feels like division to them. It's not that these people were bad, and it's not that the people in your life are, are, are terrible people. But clear vision will always bring a deep division. Am I preaching anybody? I hope you're saying amen out there. I hope I'm getting some amens while I'm preaching this because this is good. So you've got to change of habits and you've got to change of patterns and you've got to change of lifestyle and you've got to change of attitude. And many times that will bring a change of relationships. Your boyfriend or girlfriend may not understand. Your friend group may not understand. And, and in that moment, you're, you're going to have to deal with the pain of new vision. The pain of misunderstanding. The, the pain of people not celebrating what God's doing in your life. The man was healed, the people were divided. The man was delivered, the people were confused. The man was set free, the people argued. The man was happy, the people were in strife. It brought a deep division. 
And I, and I want to challenge, especially my friends, maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you just got baptized. Maybe you've just recently given your life to Christ or rededicated your life to Christ. You're, you're going to have to be okay with the misunderstanding. And let me say this. Don't return insult for insult, hate for hate, anger for anger. Don't, don't insult curse for curse. Don't, don't return curse for curse. Here, here's what I mean. People are, may not be happy with this new life. Love them. Forgive them. They're not haters. They're not terrible people. They're just divided. Love them back. Care for them. Be kind to them. Speak well of them. Bless them. Pray for them. Because when they come to their point of need and they come to their point of knowing that they need God, they're going to remember your kindness. They're going to remember your love. They're going to remember the grace that you showed them. Think about Joseph in the Old Testament. This is in the book of Genesis chapter 37. The Bible says that Joseph receives a dream. He receives a vision for his life. And the Bible said that his brother's hated him because of his dream. Think about it. They didn't celebrate his dream. They didn't celebrate what he saw. They actually hated him because of it. <laughs> so so you, have to, you have to keep your heart clean and pure while God is doing a new thing in your life. This is called persecution, by the way. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul actually writes to the church who is being persecuted. And he says, don't be shaken by these troubles. Again, these are, these are not the troubles of, of, of um, sickness or disease or, or things like that. He, he, this is specifically about persecution. He says, don't be shaken by this persecution. And then he actually uses this little line, we were destined for it. Like, when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to some people misunderstanding you. And you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to some people not liking it. When you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to persecution. Jesus said the world hated me, and if you're my disciple, they might hate you. We're not, we're not trying to be offensive. We're not trying to be misunderstood. But when God gives you vision, it will always bring some division. And it is so important for you as a believer, you experiencing this new life, to connect your life to other believers, other people of vision, other people of dreams, other people going in the same direction as you. Don't, don't let a few people who are greatly, deeply divided discourage you from stepping into what God has for you. Not everyone has understood the call of God on my life. Not everyone has understood the values that I have. Not, not everyone has understood the, the steps that I've taken. Not everyone has understood the call on my life personally. And so I've had to do two things. I've had to be absolutely faithful and loyal to what God told me while being absolutely gracious and loving to those who don't understand keeping my heart 
pure while God is giving me vision. And the same is true for you. Don't be discouraged. Keep going in the direction of that vision. Lastly, tell your story. Tell your story. Wow. Don't stop telling your story. What, what is your story? It's what you know. Look, look what the man says. Verse 25, it's the B clause. But I know this. I don't know everything, but I know this. I don't know all that's going on, but I know this. I'm not an expert in all things, but I know this. I, I, I can't tell you everything, but I do know this. There are a lot of things I don't know, but I do know this. There are a lot of things that I don't understand, but I do understand this. There are a lot of things that don't make sense to me yet, but I do know this. This is your story. I was blind, but now I see. That, that I do know. I met Jesus, and I'm different. I gave my life to Christ, and I'm different. I've been born again, and I'm different. He saved me, and I am different. That, that I know. And watch this. Keep telling that story. Tell the story of God's faithfulness. Revelation chapter 12 tells us this, that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the words, the word of our testimony. Javen, how do I overcome the devil? By the blood of the lamb, by what Christ has done for you, believing that, receiving that, standing in that, and the word of your testimony. What, what do I do when I'm discouraged? Keep telling your story. What do I do when I feel misunderstood? You keep telling your story. What do I do when I feel persecuted? Keep telling your story. What do I do when, when people are deeply divided? Keep telling your story. What do I do when I feel like I've lost my friends? Keep telling your story. What do, what do I do in a season of transition? Keep telling your story. Keep telling the God story, the testimony of your life. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. You know, as I've been traveling a, a lot this summer and meeting a lot of new friends, uh, I've been telling them the story of City Light. I've been telling them the story of, of my time in Orange County with Jensen Franklin. I've been telling them the story of my traveling ministry. I've been telling them the story of Goldie. I've been, I've been telling the story, and I've been so refreshed. It, it's been a while since I've just rehearsed that, that moment in May of 2016 when we drove into Vegas and as we just saw the city and I saw the light of the Luxor and I saw the city for the, for the first time as we're coming over um, into Vegas on the 15th. And I remember that moment that I began to cry. And we were listening to a song by Hillsong Worship called Broken Vessels. And, and in that moment, tears began to fall down my face. And in that moment, I knew God was speaking to me that we were supposed to plant a church here. I started telling that story how I went back to Orange County, met with my pastor, Pastor Jensen Franklin. I said, Pastor, I feel like God is calling us back to Vegas to plant a church and telling that story of, 
of taking that step of faith and walking through that process with them. And man, I just I started telling the story of, of Goldie and how did you get the name Goldie and where did that come from? And I started telling about the prophetic words that we had received, that we were going to have this daughter with golden, beautiful blonde hair and how the glory of God was going to be upon her life. And I just started telling the story. Tell your story. Can you think of one, two, three, four, or five things that God has ever done in your life? Can you begin to rehearse those things? Praise God for those things. Remind yourself of those things. Oh, I know there's been a divorce, but tell the story. Oh, I know there's been some unexpected loss, but tell your story. I know there's been some pain along the way, but tell your story. I know we've been in pandemics and wars and rumors of wars and inflation and this and that and this, but tell your story. In the midst of all that is changing, tell your story of the unchanging God that you serve. Remind yourself. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his benefits. Don't forget what God has done in your life in seasons like we're in right now. Keep telling the story. This one thing I know. I know this. I was blind, now I see. This I know, God's been good to me. This I know, Jesus saved my life. This I know. We're, we're about to enter into a moment of communion. Omar's about to come back up and lead us in this holy moment at the Lord's table. As we take that bread and as we take that juice, as we remember the body and blood of Christ, can you... Just think about a few things that you're grateful for. And, and please start at number one. Start at the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you that you were buried for me. Thank you that you rose again for me. Start there. And then think of some things that God has done in your life. Begin to rehearse the goodness of God. That's your testimony. That's your story. Don't forget the Lord in the midst of challenging moments. In, in a season of so much change, don't forget your unchanging God. Because here's what it'll lead to. It will lead to God's glory and my good. And I, I am living a life for the glory of God, I am. And as I do, I just continue to see the goodness of God in my life. I'm not just talking about in natural things like, like money or things. I'm not, just, I'm not, please, 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 it's so much more than that. It's in my faith, it's in my hope, it's in my joy, it's in my peace. It's in my relationships, it's in the things that money cannot buy. God's glory, I'm living for God's glory and over and over and over again that leads to my good and your good. Open your heart now as, as we're about to receive communion. Don't receive communion till, um, till Omar leads you in that moment. But let's open our heart now to this moment of ministry. I know that something very powerfully, something very powerful, excuse me, is about to happen in our lives. If you're, if you're watching this online right now, Grab something, grab some kind of piece of bread, some, something to drink, and let's all receive communion together. God bless you.